front of you, also it's behind you and in front of me. So God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, diverse times, diverse manners, different times, God spake in times past by unto uh, the fathers by the prophets. So in essence, the writer here is saying, God has used the prophets of old to speak to his people. But here the author writes and says, but in these last days, he has spoken unto us by his son. Now, just that creates a distinction. The author here is creating a distinction between the son who was a prophet from the prophets that spoke of old. There's a distinction. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. There were powerful prophets in ancient Israel who God used to do great miracles, such as Moses or Elijah. Uh, Moses stretched out the rod uh, that he had led Israel out of Egypt with. He stretched it out over the Red Sea or towards the Red Sea, and God breathed upon the waters and the waters parted. That's a powerful uh, miracle that's never been repeated Again, at that level, right? And we read about Elijah raising the dead. Those are powerful stories. But it dims in comparison to he that called the stars into existence, to he that put the sun, come on, somebody, to he that put the earth on its axis and causes it. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? By whom the worlds were created. Now, go back to two. Let me finish that. Let's look at that for just a second real quick. I'd like to. By whom he made the worlds, not just the world, the worlds, not just the earth, but all the planets everywhere were created through Christ Jesus. That's who we're talking about today. Verse 3, let's read this. Who, now this is, this is what's awesome. The children of Israel had one image of God. They got one image of God on Mount Sinai. That was a mountain that was a flame, smoke, billows, lightning, thunderings. That was their one image of God. Hidden in the darkness, an audible voice spoke the Ten Commandments. That's the only image of God. God was hidden uh, on the mountain that day, and then he was hidden behind the veil in the holy place. There was no person that said they had actually communed with God in the sense of that they talked to them face to face as you and I are talking today with the actual tangible, with being able to visibly see the features of God. But, but in this passage, it's talking about the Son, who is the brightness of His glory. He's the express image of His person. That's why He would say in John's gospel to Philip, Philip, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. The God that had been hidden behind the veil for thousands of years now was revealing Himself in who? in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, you and I have not seen him visibly with our own eyes. Maybe you have in a vision or a dream, but most of us have not. But we have seen him in the scriptures, right? We see him. When we read the word of God, there's a a picture image that gets created in our minds. And Jesus himself even said to Thomas, when Thomas said, you know, if I see him, I believe. And later when Jesus reproved him, he said, Thomas, He said, you have seen me and therefore believe, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And so, but I have an image 
of the person of God in the person of Christ. That's where I have an image. I have an image of God in the person of Christ. And that person of Christ, it says, he is upholding all things by the word of his power. Now, you might believe in global warming. You may not believe in global warming. You might believe in uh, the earth and, and some of the cataclysmic things that can happen. Let me tell you, the earth is going to stay right where it's at as long as that word that is spoken has said it's going to stay here. Right? That's, it's, it's held there. All things are held there. The seas know how far to go and then to retreat. The moon knows its responsibility. The sun knows it's held there by the word of his power. And then even greater than the creation of the world, he said, is this sin debt that had to be dealt with. And there was only one man that had the ability to satisfy the just demands of a holy God to purge us of our sins, and that was the man Christ Jesus. Paul would write it this way. There is one God. How many believe there's not a plurality of gods? There's just one God. There's one God. And there's one mediator between God and man. There's somebody standing between you and God today. That's the man, Christ Jesus. And what did he do? By himself. He didn't need no help. Right? There was no one to assist him in purging us of our sins. By himself, he carried the cross to Calvary. His blood was released from his veins. And he satisfied the sin debt of Adam on the cross of Calvary and three days later he was raised from the dead and now he seats he is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high come on somebody amen that's Jesus today isn't that powerful and now the last verse before we read before we pray he is made so much better than the angels now the Bible gives us a record of just a little glimpse of some of the angels like Michael or Gabriel or Seraphim and different angels that stand in the presence of God that have authority and power and that can, uh, you know, alter the course of human history. Angels can. Do you believe that? I believe that. You read the book of Daniel, there were entire, uh, you know, armies that were being held at bay because of angels warring on behalf of the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. So there's powerful warring angels, but it says here that he's made better than all those angels. That's why the song said there's none to compare him with. There's none like him, right? And he has, look at this, by inheritance, he's obtained a more excellent name than they. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, the more excellent name, the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we're so grateful for this privileged opportunity, and I feel your presence here today. And I pray, God, that in this house today, preaching would be so easy because the hearts of people will be so receptive and so ready to receive something from you. Let the word of God, I pray, be written on the fleshly tablet of the heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, thank you so much. Let me take just a moment to just talk about the biblical context of names for a few moments. And this is not great depth or great detail. And you'll have to if you're interested in studying concerning Hebraic names and, and the, the way and the means that the Hebrews valued names, not just personal names, but names of objects or names of events that took place, you'll, you can find a lot of information, certainly by uh, doing a Google search, but certainly on your own personal study time. But I want to just focus for just a moment of some of the more familiar things that we see because it helps us lead into the context 
of where the writer of Hebrews says and uses these words, a more excellent name. And I was re reflecting about ancient Israel. My mind often would go back to significant events that took place at a particular place that previously had not been named. It was kind of a barren or it had no... Um, uh, biblical significance or cultural significance until an event took place there. And when the event took place there, often a name was ascribed. Often in our culture today, we'll go to a place that's already been named to have an event. But in that process, as history was unfolding in the scriptures, it was an unnamed place where an event took place that a name was associated with it would later recall the event that took place. Does that make sense? Let me give you an example. Babel. For it was there at the tower. It was just a tower until God confounded the languages and then they all began to babble. And so now we refer to it as the Tower of Babel. Many of you are familiar with the altar on Mount Moriah which if history is right, it, that behind, underneath the dome of the rock, uh, with the Muslim shrine there on the top of Mount Moriah in Israel is, is a stone that many believe or actually Abraham laid Isaac out after he had built an altar. Remember in Genesis 22, the mountains of Moriah uh, that he had gone because he had heard a word from God that God would prove him by the sacrifice of his son. Let me say that. You and I know that God's angel stopped his hand lest he kill his son on the altar that day. But when, he, uh, when the angel stopped his hand, the Bible says that Abraham lifted up his eyes and behold, a ram was caught in the thicket by the horns. And the Bible says he named that place, that place that had been nothing more than a barren mountaintop, Jehovah Jireh, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided, or in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. And oddly enough, battles have been won and, and fought and, and lost for that very hillside. That was nothing more than just a barren hillside until that event took place there. And now we're able to look back at it as the mountain of the Lord, Jehovah Jireh. Isaac's herdmen strove with others, so they named it Esek. And the Bible says plainly because they strove with him there. Jacob named the place of his dream. Does anybody remember the dream of Jacob? It was there that he saw God standing over a ladder that ascended up to heaven and descended to the earth and angels going to and fro. And when he awoke out of the dream and wiped the sand from his eyes, the Bible says that he called that place Bethel. You know what? It was just a barren place where he took a, what would seem to him as a common stone, pillowed his head on it. But after the encounter with God, he poured oil on it and he consecrated it and, as, as a place of worship and said, this is now the house of God. And now even to this day, the name Bethel is applied to churches all across the world. Bethel Assembly or Bethel uh, Church. So on and on the name and the place. Jacob would later wrestle with an angel, and he would call that place Peniel. For he said, for I have seen God being an angel. He saw God, he wrestled with God, and he prevailed. You may be familiar with what's called the Valley of Megiddo, which many believe uh, there's a future battle to take place one day there, even though many, many, many battles have been fought there in the past. Um, the Valley of Megiddo is where some believe the Battle of Armageddon. And it actually means in the Hebrew, the place of troops. 
So you can see when you read the scriptures that many times the names of the place have a, a unique uh, significance of an event that took place. And they've given it this unique name because they want to be reminded of the event that took place. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? Well, this didn't just carry on to places and events, but people often gave names in the Bible uh, to their children prophetically. Sometimes they didn't know that it was prophetic. They just applied a name to a child and then God took that and God had inspired their heart. It was prophetic of the destiny that their child would walk in. That's powerful when you contemplate it and if you've ever studied it out. Let me give you a few examples of this. Abraham, Abraham is known as the father of the multitude. That's his name. That's what his name means and that's what he is. Right? He's a father of the, of the nations. Let's go farther. Sarah simply means princess. And she was because a multitude came forth out of her through one seed. Jacob was named uh, Jacob rightly so, his brother said. For his name meant deceiver or supplanter. His brother, when they contended with one another, would say, he was rightly named at the womb because he has supplanted me at least these two times. That reflected Jacob's character until he wrestled with God. When he had an encounter with God, God renamed him. How many believe God could give you a new name? Right? God gave him a new name, said, up until this time, you've been known as Jacob, a deceiver, a supplanter. But now that you've met me, I'm going to call you Israel. You're a prince. That's the power of change and the power of a name change. Esau meant hairy. The Bible says he was hairy. All over, even to the point that come out the back of his shirt. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Moses, <laughs> Pharaoh's daughter, drew him out of the water and named him Moses. The word, the name Aaron means enlightened one. And he was the first high priest with access to the presence of God. The word Adam in Hebrew means man made from the red clay earth. So Adam was formed with, and given a name to associate with who he was because God had scooped down and caught hold of a handful of clay, the red clay of the earth, and breathed into that clay, and man became a living soul. Does that make sense? Eve means the mother of life, life. Gabriel means the man of God, Gabriel the angel. Many of you know that Judah means praise. Why is that so significant? Because God would send the tribe of Judah... At, in front of the other warring tribes when they went to battle because God would put praise out in front. How I many know there's a biblical revelation right there that when you're going through a battle, you've got to learn to be a praiser. You've got to learn to say, I'm not going to let anything rob me of my praise no matter how hot the battle is because that praise could be the difference between me winning the victory or being overcome. The word Manasseh and Ephraim, these are the two sons of Joseph. Joseph had two sons in his captivity in Egypt. When God delivered him from the, the uh, Pharaoh, or excuse me, from Potiphar and from the prison and actually made him the prime minister in Egypt, he had suffered so much when his brother sold him into slavery. And his heart was traumatized, as yours would be as well. And so when God rewarded his faithfulness by giving him a wife and children. The first child he named Manasseh, God hath made me to forget. So every time Manasseh would come in, if he was ever struggling with unforgiveness, 
Come on. Isn't that powerful? Every time, if, if ever anger and animosity would come into his heart, the moment that he would look at Manasseh, he would be reminded, God hath made me forget. Let it go. Just let it go. Well, then God gave him another son, Ephraim. And this one simply means a double portion or double fruitfulness. So God has doubled blessing on him. Didn't just bless him with one, bless him with two. Isn't that powerful? When you think of Samson, I know you probably think of me, but you shouldn't. You think of Samson, you think of strength. And, and that's what his name means, strong. So it's powerful to read in the Word of God how that God would prophetically uh, apply a name to somebody from their infancy that their life would later evolve and develop into fulfilling that prophetic word that was attached to the name. Now, many of you thought about some of this when you named your children. You prayed, you searched, you didn't just take a name off of a billboard somewhere, right? You, you contemplated this. Let me give you an example. Even the name of God. Now, the name of God is very controversial amongst the Hebrews, and the Hebrews don't pronounce it. And when you study, you understand there's just four letters that, that they use uh, in, in the, what we would call the name of God, and we, we might add other uh, vowels to it to pronounce it as Yahweh, but they will, they will extract those vowels and only use the consonants. But I don't know enough about that. To, if I go any farther, I'll, get, uh, I'll expose my ignorance, so I have to shut that off right there. But when you read it out in Scripture, in the translation, often it's translated Jehovah for us, uh, which also it can be translated the Lord. Well, there were at least seven compound names of God in the Old Testament that revealed a part of his character. And, and often it was, again, applied at a particular instance where God revealed that part of himself and the people knew that that's who God was. Remember, God was in the veil in the temple and it was only when he did something, he revealed his glory that they were able to see a little side of him and say, well, that's who God is. God uh, to them was Jehovah Elohim, which is the creator. How many believe he's the creator today? Jehovah Jireh, as already has been mentioned, he is our provider. So ancient Israel learned that by declaring the name of God, they were declaring a, a character of God and, and something that they could then petition God for based upon his revealed character. Because if you're going to base your faith in God, you've got to base it upon his history. Because if you're meeting him for the first time, you're saying, I don't really know who God is. Well, let me tell you, before you know who God is, you got to know who he was. Let me tell you who he is. He's the same that he was then, right? Because he doesn't change. And so if he was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provided, my God, that's good. Then he's still Jehovah Jireh. If he was Jehovah, listen to this, Rapha to the children of Israel, which means the Lord who heals, then guess who he is today? He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. He was Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our victor. He was Jehovah Shalom. He is the God of peace. How many need peace in your life? Well, then declare his name. Come on, declare his name as Jehovah Shalom. God, let peace be upon my house. He's Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. That means before I ever get there, God's already been there, all right? And before I leave, he's still there, right? And before I get where I'm going next, he's already there. And when I look back where I've been, he's still there as well. God's just there. That's who God is. That's why the psalmist said you can't escape him. 
If you go to heaven, you'll find him there. If you go to hell, you'll find him there. God is everywhere. It's just up to us to trust in him and to discover his glory. He is Jehovah Ra. He is the Lord, our shepherd today. I tell you, I'm so grateful that he cares for me as a shepherd. He's, I know God is judge. I know he is king. I know he is the creator. I know he is the almighty one. But he all, is also my shepherd. I can say with David, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Come on, somebody. God is shepherd to us today. So when we contemplate this, church family, we see that through a name, both a place that was associated with an event or a geographical location of an, an event that happened at that geographical location was given to rem, be a reminder, not just of the location, but the event that took place. The names were often associated with attributes of the individual, and many times it was prophetic. It was prophetic in anticipation of something that was yet to come, and God brought those things to pass. But then we discover as well that God himself, in his name, he reveals his character, he reveals who he is so that we can see just a little image of who God is so that we can believe him for those uh, attributes to be manifested in our life. Does that make sense? So then we come to the man Christ Jesus. To this man Christ Jesus that stands in stark contrast to all other men that's ever been born. It's this man Christ Jesus. I'll tell you, this man, Christ Jesus, I, there's none like him. When I think about him, my heart flutters. I cannot think about God with thinking, without thinking about Jesus. Hello? I can't think about the compound name of God, Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord is my righteousness, or Jehovah Shalom or Jehovah Rama. I can't think about any of those things at all unless I think about Jesus. And that's why the author said God's given him a name that he received it by inheritance. It came from his father. And contained in that name is all the divine attributes of this man Christ Jesus but also all the divine attributes of his father. And so there's no other name, as Joe said, given among men whereby we might be saved, but at the name of Jesus Christ. Now you say, Pastor, in the ancient culture, there were a lot of men, if you go and study this out, I know there's a great controversy about the name of Jesus, and, you'll, and it gets a little contentious at times, and I can't, I can't dissect that. Uh, but, but there was no J in the Hebrew alphabet. So it would have been Yeshua in, in the Hebrew. It was the same as Joshua. That we say Joshua when we think about Moses and Joshua and Joshua leading the children of Israel into the promised land. It's the same name. But if you look this up in the book of Hebrews here, it says, but God gave him a more excellent name. So as Joshua carried that name, a lot of men of the first century carried that name. But it was distinctly different when it was applied to this man, Christ Jesus. Let me show you this. That actually, the word excellent there in the original language means varying, differing, and surpassing. 
So it's a variation, even though you might pronounce it the same as the Joshua of old, but it varies greatly when you apply it to this person called Christ. It varies greatly because Joshua won great battles for Israel and he took the promised land. But let me tell you one thing he could not do, and it could not be applied to Joshua, Yeshua in the Hebrew at, at, at what he accomplished. He could not go up the mountain of Moriah and carry the sin dead of every man, woman, boy, and girl all the way to the hill, allow himself to be pierced until blood flowed out of seven fountains of blood and that the blood that was in his vein had enough power to wash away all the sin debt that any person ever owed to God in time past and reach all the way forward to the last person ever born of a woman and alleviate their sin debt and then by the power of that blood give God the authority to tear the veil so that not only could you go in but God could come out of hiding glory to God and he could reveal himself now openly in the person of Christ Jesus and that's why the writer says he is the brightness of his glory the express image of his person in times past God spoke to us by the fathers but he hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son he's the brightness of his glory the express image of his person when I have seen Jesus I have seen the father and when I see Jesus I see all that he was ever intended to be because he's got a name that he received by inheritance that reveals all the divine attributes of God have now been confided in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm about to preach myself happy in here today. Now let's read another passage of Scripture and then we're going to go right to the heart where I want to share with you today in closing. Let's read this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, conceived by the Spirit of God. Are you with me, church family? Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, he was minded to put her away. So he thought on these things. Look at the 20th verse. This was tough. So he thought on these things, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream and said, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her. Are y'all reading that, church family? Are y'all with me? It's conceived. I'm telling you, God's got something for you. We're just now at the, at the precipice of it right now. Just So hold on. I'm going to share with you in closing today. He said, it's conceived of the Holy Ghost. This is not by a man's earthly seed. Your, your, your spouse did not play the harlot, borrowing from King James English. Your spouse did not go away and play the harlot in a one-night stand and get impregnated. That, that's not what, borrowing from that culture, right? Borrowing from that, applying that to our culture, I'm applying it to that culture. He said, this was of the Holy Ghost, right? This was of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God did this. She doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have a, so there's no, you're her husband, and you've not known her. This thing is miraculous, right? That's what he was saying. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I'm so grateful he saved us from our sins today. Look at this. Let's go back and read this. Let's go back again. 21st verse. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name what? Jesus. For he, so he would have said it in either Aramaic or Hebrew to the angel would have said that to Mary when he appeared to her. Most likely 
uh, I can't say one or the other, Aramaic or Hebrew. And he said, Jesus or Yeshua, he will save his people from their sins. 22nd verse. And now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. Remember the prophet that spoke to us in times past. It says, the prophet said this. What did the prophet say? A virgin shall conceive. This is in the book of Isaiah. And he shall be with child, and they shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Thus it begins to unlock to us the mystery of the name of Jesus. Because he didn't say right there in quotations from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah didn't say his name shall be Yeshua. He said his name shall be Emmanuel. And the reason why is this, because the name Yeshua that differs from any other name is that that name carries with it the divine attributes that God has applied to the name. And so the reason why that it would be both correct, Yeshua and Emmanuel, is because his name is Yeshua, but he's also Emmanuel. He's also Emmanuel because he's God with us. He's not God behind the veil. He's not God up on the mountain while you're at the base hiding in fear. He's God with you every day of your life. He dwells inside the fleshly tablet of your heart. He abides there by his spirit. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, we will come in, me and my father, and we will sup with him and we will make our abode with him. I'll be with you to the very end. Glory to God. That's why he's called Emmanuel. And so we have a mystery that, gets, that begins to unfold right there that the power and the authority of who God is has been exhibited in the person of his son Christ. And I'm just going to go out with the blaze of glory today. And I'm just going to share with you briefly just reading what the scriptural record gives us of his divine attributes that are associated with his name. Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Have you know he is the son? He's the son of God. He's the son of the living God. In his name, he is the only begotten son. He's the son of the father. He's the only begotten of the father. He's the only begotten son, which is the bosom of the father. He's the firstborn of every creature. His own son. He's a son given He's one son, his well-beloved son. God said he's my son. Mm. His dear son, or he is the son of his love. He's the son of the highest. He's the son of the blessed. He's secret and he's wonderful. The father himself declared him my beloved son. Jesus himself said, I am the son of God. The spirit said, this is the son of God. Gabriel said, this is the son of God. John the Baptist said, this is the Son of God. John the Apostle said, he is Christ, the Son of God. Paul said that he is the Son of God. The disciples said, thou art the Son of God. Nathaniel said, you are rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Martha said, you're Christ, the Son of God. The eunuch said, this is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The centurion said, truly, this was the Son of God. And even unclean spirits... Even unclean spirits said, I know who you are. You are the son of the most high God. Tied to his name is who he is. Come on, somebody. It's a name, but it's also a title. And so unto the son, the scripture says, his throne, O God, is forever and ever. So not only is he the son, but he's God. Thus the complexity of the Trinity. 
He is God. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. He is also the mighty God. I said that Jesus is the mighty God. Right? He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting God. He's the true God. He's my Lord and my God. He's God my Savior. He's God over all, blessed forever. He's the God of the whole earth. He is God manifest in the flesh. He is God our Savior. He is the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. And I'll just throw this in. He's the God of Leroy today. Come on, somebody. He is the highest. Listen to this. Before Abraham was, he said, I am. He is Jehovah. He's the Lord Jehovah. He's Jehovah my God. He's Jehovah of hosts. He's Jehovah the God of hosts. He's the king. He's Jehovah of hosts. He's the strong and mighty Jehovah. He's Jehovah who's mighty in battle. He is the man, Jehovah's fellow. He is Jehovah Tiskanu. He is your righteousness today. He's the Lord. He's the Lord of glory. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man, I'm preaching better than y'all shouting up here. I'm just telling you. I feel it. You may not. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to have a one-man preaching service for just a moment. I'll leave the rest to you. He is the I am. I am before Abraham was. I am whom they sought to kill. I am the son of man lifted up. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the Almighty which was, which is, and which is yet to come. He's the creator of all things. He's the upholder of all things. He's the everlasting Father. He's the beginning, and he's the beginning and the ending. He's the Alpha, means he's the first. But he's also the Omega. He's the last. He's the life. He's the eternal life. He's the eternal life that was with the Father. He's he that was dead, but now he, but now he lives. <laughs> no man has seen God at any time. John 1 says, for even the Son has declared him. He is the Word. He's the Word that was with God. Mm-mm-mm. He's the Word that was God. He's the Word of God. He's the Word of life, and he's the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth the law was given by Moses when God was hid on the mountain but grace and truth came by Jesus when he walked among us so every man woman boy and girl could see him and touch him and know the living God hallelujah he's the image of God he's the image of the invisible God he's the express image of his person he's the brightness of his glory He's the wisdom of God, the power of God. The writer said, he's my messenger, the messenger of the covenant. He's also called the angel of the Lord, the angel of God, and the angel of his presence. The Bible says he was made a little lower than the angels, therefore he was a man. He's called the man, the man Christ Jesus. He's called a man approved of God. He's the second man, the Lord from heaven, the son of man, the son of Abraham, the son of David, the son of Mary, the son of Joseph, the seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, and he's of the seed of David. All in one man, this man. That's why he's got a name that varies. It looks like the same name associated with with, uh, Joshua and of old, but it varies because it contains with it the divine attributes of the Messiah. 
He said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He's called the babe, the child, the young child, a child born, the child Jesus, her firstborn son, the sent of the father. He's called the apostle. He's called the prophet, a great prophet, the prophet of Nazareth, the prophet mighty in deed and word. Are y'all with me here today? I'm telling you, this got all over me Friday, and I hope it's getting on you right now. He's a prophet that's mighty in deed and word. He's a servant. He's a servant of the Father. He's my servant. He's my servant, my righteous servant. He's a servant of rulers. He's called the Nazarene. He's called the carpenter, the carpenter's son. He's called a man of sorrows. He's accused or accursed of God on the tree. God gave him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's called Jesus, Jesus himself. Jesus the Savior, the Savior of the world. The Savior which is Christ the Lord. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christos, Jesus the Messiah. The Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous. The same yesterday, today, and Forever, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. He is called the anointed one. I tell you, I feel his anointing in here today. I mean, you know, that anointing still lives because he still lives. He's Christ the Lord, Christ of God, the Lord's Christ, the Son of the Blessed, the Savior of the world. John said, I saw him as a lamb. He said, I saw him as a lamb, the lamb of God, the lamb without blemish. The lamb that was slain, the lamb, the, the lamb as it had been slain, the lamb in the midst of the throne. He's called the bridegroom. He's called the lamb in the temple, the lamb, the light of the city, and the lamb who did overcome. God said, I'll set a shepherd over them, and that shepherd will feed them. Jesus is the shepherd. He's the door of the sheep, the way of the sheep. He's the shepherd and the bishop of your soul today. He's the good shepherd that laid down his life for his children. He's the good shepherd that was brought again from the dead. He's the tree of life that's in the midst of the garden. You say, is he the tree of life? Yes. He was the root of Jesse. Now, are y'all listening to what I'm saying here today? He's the root of David. He's the root and the offspring of David. He's the root out in the rod out of the stem of Jesse. He's a branch out of his roots. He's the branch of the Lord. He's a righteous branch. He's a vine. He's the true vine. He's the tree of life. He's the corn of wheat that fell to the ground. He's the bread of God. He's the true bread from heaven. Oh, Jesus of Nazareth. He is the bread that came down from heaven. He's the living bread. He's the hidden manna. He's a plant of renown. He's the rose of Sharon, and he's the lily of the valley. He said, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you'll have the light of life. He's the true light. He's the great light. He's the light that came into the world. He's the light of the Gentiles. He's the star. He's the morning star. He's the bright and the morning star. He's the day star. He's the day star from on high. He's the son of righteousness that did arise with healing in his wing. His name is a strong tower to us today. The righteous run into it and they are safe. It's the strength of the children of Israel. His name is. It's a strength and a refuge from the storm. His name is hope to his people. It's the horn of his salvation. Did you know he was the rock that followed them in the wilderness? He was that rock. He's my rock today. He's the rock of ages. 
He's the rock that's higher than I am. He's the rock in my fortress. He's the rock in my refuge. He's the rock of my heart. He's the rock of my salvation. He's my spiritual rock. He's the rock that followed them, and he is my shadow from the heat. Come on, he's my God today. No foundation can anybody lay than that which is laid, the Jesus Christ. He's the builder. I've been building right now. He's the foundation. He's the sure foundation. He's the stone, the living stone, a tried stone, a chief cornerstone, an elect stone, a precious stone, the headstone. He's the stone that was cut without hands. But to those who are disobedient and ungodly and unbelievers, he's a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. In his temple, he is the sanctuary. He's the minister of the sanctuary. Did you know what? Not only is he the temple, but he is now the veil. He's the altar, he's the offerer, and he's also the offering. He's the sacrifice, he's the ransom, he's the lamb, and he's the lamb that was slain. Inside the veil, he's the forerunner. He's the mercy seat, the priest, the high priest, the great high priest, the mediator, the day. Are y'all with me out there, church family? He's the interpreter, the intercessor, he's the advocate, and he is the surety. He's the gift of God. Are y'all with me? Shane, y'all go ahead and start making your way. It'll take me a couple minutes to finish. Y'all, are y'all with me, church family? I want you to hear this. I'm telling you, you got to know who Jesus is. He's the unspeakable gift of God. He's my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. He's the holy child Jesus. He's the chosen one. He's the redeemer. He's the shallow. He's the blessed. He is the truth. He's faithful. He's the covenant of the people. He's the faithful witness. He's called the just one, the holy one, the holy one of Israel, the holy one of God. He's the beginning of the creation of God. He's my firstborn from the dead. He's firstborn from many brethren. He's the firstfruits of them that slept. He's called the last Adam. He's called the resurrection. He's called a quickening spirit. He's called the head of the body, the church. He's head over all things. He's the head of every man. He's head of every principality and power. Those of you that have been in the military, he's the captain of the host of the Lord. He's the captain of your salvation. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's your leader. He's your commander. Are y'all with me? I just, I want y'all to stay on this church family. He's a ruler. He's your governor. You can not be like those. Trump's not my president. Well, I don't care about that. But I'm telling you what, he needs to be your commander. Jesus does. He needs to be your governor. He needs to be your deliverer. He needs to be the lion and the tribe of Judah in your life. He's the ensign of the people. He's a polished shaft and he's the shield. He's the Lord, the one Lord. He's the Lord of lords. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of both the dead and the living. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of peace. He's the Lord over all, and he's the Lord of all. He is Messiah the Prince. He's the Savior, the Prince of Peace. He's the Judge, the King. He's a scepter. He's David's son. He's the King of Israel. He's the King of the Jews. He's the King over all the earth. He's the King of righteousness, the King of peace. He is crowned with the crown of thorns. He's crowned with glory and honor. He's crowned with the crown of pure gold. He's crowned with many crowns. Now listen to this. The writer here says he was a refiner's fire and he was as a fuller's soap. He's the light of the morning when the sun rises. 
He's a morning without clouds. He's the tender grass by clear shining after it rains, is what Samuel records. He's a tender plant to God, and he's a root out of the dry ground. He's as rain upon the mown grass. He's as showers that water the earth. He's as rivers of water in a dry place. He's an ointment that's been poured out. He's fairer than the children of men. He's a glorious God. His glorious throne is in his Father's house. He has a crown of glory and beauty. He has a nail fastened in a sure place. He was the brother that was born for adversity, but he's also the friend that will stick closer than a brother. Wow. He's the brother that was born for adversity, but he's the friend that will stick closer than a brother. And he's a friend that loves you at all times. All times. You may have came in this house today and said, Pastor, I don't have a friend in the world. There's no friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. You got a friend in Jesus today. Listen, I'm talking about better than Toy Story today. When they said, you got a friend in me, Jesus is saying that to you today. You got a friend in Jesus. You just got to believe in him today. You got a friend. He is that friend. Listen to this. This is who he was. I'm almost finished. He was obedient. He was meek. He was lowly. He was guileless. He was tempted. He was oppressed. He was rejected. He was betrayed. He was condemned, reviled, scourged, mocked, wounded, bruised, stricken, smitten, crucified, forsaken, but he's forever merciful. He's faithful to you today, and he'll always be faithful to you today. He'll always be. He's holy, he's harmless, he's undefiled, he's separate, he's perfect. Can you see him today? The brightness of his glory is who he is today, of God's glory. He is mighty, he's justified, he's exalted, he's risen, he's glorified. And this is the last. If you're a, hus- if you're a wife without, or excuse me, if you lost your husband, you're a widow the Bible says he's your husband today come on he's your well beloved he's your savior you know who he is he's my hope today I hope in Jesus he's my brother he's my portion he's my helper he's my physician he's my healer he's my refiner he's my purifier He's my example. He's my teacher. He's my keeper. He's my leader. He's my restorer. He's my meat. He's my drink. He's my Passover. He's my peace. He's my righteousness. He is my redemption. And the author, in describing who Jesus is, said he's my all in all. Church family, everything in the scriptures that was just a sliver of the divine attributes of God and the characteristics of God have been bound to the name of Jesus Christ. Everything when you read about God in the word of God, you need him to be a defense, he'll be your defender, right? You don't have a friend, he'll be your friend, right? You don't have a husband, he'll be your husbandman, right? That's who Jesus is. All the divine attributes of God have been applied to the name of Jesus. So when you read it, there's no other name like that name. 
no other name. It's varied. The word excellent there means it's varied, but it surpasses. It's varied, but it surpasses all other names that have ever been given. And when you and I have the privilege and opportunity to sing it and worship it, we unlock the power that's contained in that name. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me today. The worship team is going to go back to the song that we went to, uh, the third song of our original set. What a beautiful name it is. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you. Take the time to worship God through Christ. Take the time to worship God by thanking Him for the name of Jesus. Say it, sing it, rejoice. I'll come back in just a moment, but let's not leave. Let's not leave. You got time to worship for just a moment longer. You got time. This is your moment to unlock the mysteries of heaven as you declare the authority, the beauty, the holiness, and the wonder of the name of Jesus.